0: My name is Julie Kraft and I have Bipolar 2 Disorder.
1: I'm Julie Hugendorn, and I live with Bipolar 2 Disorder. I was diagnosed 10 years ago at the age of 36. I was told of my diagnosis and I remember being relieved but also terrified. I know um, the perceptions and the stigma that goes along with it. I started sharing my story about four or five years ago. I decided to come forward
0: and start sharing. It's led to me meeting the most amazing people
1: walking the same path. And so we had talked about collaborating. My greatest hope is that others will hear our stories and feel less alone. We can offer insight
0: and give the world a real-life living example of what bipolar disorder can look like. This is bipolar.
1: This is Bipolar. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to an episode of This is Bipolar. We are pumped because it is our first question and response. I always say that because I don't feel like we're professionals or have any Answers, but we can definitely respond to questions. Um, Reel it back. I'm Shaylee Hugendorn. I'm a mama, wife, um, a mental health advocate, and I live. If you haven't been following along, this is your first one. I live with bipolar two disorder, and this is my co-host. I'm Julie Kraft, also
0: a passionate mental health advocate uh, living with bipolar 2 disorder. I'm also a wife, a mom, an artist, an author, and thrilled to be a part of this podcast with my
1: co-host, Shaylee. Yay. Well, let's get right into it. Um, yeah. So we had we put it out on our Instagram, and then we thought of a lot of questions that we, we've um, gotten in the past and such. If your question didn't make it on here, plan to do a bunch of these again. Also, um, I'm your Instagram girl. So if you ask the question, I get to it. It sometimes <laughs> takes me a long time. So um, if it's more than a month, give me a poke and, and remind me, hey, just just wondering. But um, I do at this point, I get to them all eventually. So let's start off with some questions. So it's so funny. We'll just say this. We try, we do this every episode, but we're like, let's get totally organized. And I get my notebook out and then we try, and then we're just like, go for it. So it's funny that we do that. And then we were trying to organize this episode, but it's question and response. So they might not go all together. So I'm going to try to ask the ones about hypomania and mania first. So one of the things that says Um, it says, how do I overcome a manic episode? I'm going to edit it a bit because I don't think we're so, so sorry, but we don't think that it is possible to completely overcome, but we have different strategies or things that could help us. Julie, what are your most helpful ones? Okay. Manage mania. All right. So hypomania for me is
0: overwhelmingly positive. Um, it can have negative effects, though, if it's not managed. So for me now, it shows up, though, as a creative burst of energy. Um, Normally, after a dry spell of no ideas or ambition to take on any new project, I suddenly feel this invigorating burst of energy. And so number one, I make sure I get my sleep, because my first impulse is to not sleep. I'm so excited about what I'm working on. Who needs sleep? So I have in the past... known to go you know days and days on one to two to three Mm. hours sleep so i know regardless of how excited i am to make sure i get my sleep also make sure that the other things around the house that uh, are my responsibilities at this point in my life um, get done oftentimes in the past groceries were at the bottom of my list basically if it wasn't fun and part of the project i was working on it didn't get done. So I make sure that I give my um, my kids, the groceries, the house, my husband, some of my attention um, because it's very tempting to just get focused and not see anything else outside of my project. It is easy to believe that you are just investing your time and energy into mm. the next best thing that the world needs. So those are a few of my tips to managing my hypomania. Just yeah. be aware and... Just know that I I can be excited and I can work on my project, but I also need to not lose sight of the other um, people and areas of my life.
1: For those of you that are listening, that are wondering if you have a mood disorder or think, oh, yeah, I get into projects, too, or, you know, me, especially when I do event planning. Yeah, because it's one of those ones that. Um, you're all in and then it's like event event and then it's not the event right Um, I think the difference is it takes completely over like we're not kidding about like forget to eat and I love eating normally right forget to sleep forget to drink the water forget to and everything else irritates like you're all in and the other thing you touched on is you actually think that it's like we always say the best idea ever, but I think it's beyond that sometimes. And with real mania, you think that it's going to save the world or it's the yeah. best idea ever. Or if you don't get it out in the world, like that, it's so needed and yeah. so awesome. And if anybody questions it or anything, you just think they're, they don't get it.
0: Yeah. They're a party pooper raining on your plate. Yeah. And yeah. you also, there is this sense of urgency because, with bipolar disorder, the hypomanic episodes, they come and go, um, along with creativity. And so in those not so creative times, you know, you're just desperate to feel that, that energy again. And so when it comes, you feel like you have to capture it, use it all, harness it, um, before it disappears. So that's also a part of that. Ah,
1: yeah, the urgency. So I think a tip there would be to, you know, remind yourself and pace yourself right? Um, Because it does feel urgent. And I remember, um, unlike Julie, Julie's is more what we've talked about is a little bit more sporadic. She doesn't know. Whereas I generally, um, not so much anymore, but pre-medication, it was like to the month. So I basically felt panicky the entire time because I knew I felt like I basically lived in those six months of hypomania, kind of stable, hypomania, kind of stable. But I knew when I hit the deep depression that all those projects would go out the window. And so I lived in this state of, and I don't think I was completely cognizant of it but i realize looking back and or then there's the extra urgency down like when am i going to run out of the energy when am i going to crash and burn so i think pacing yourself so i now ask um other people um is this a realistic expectation to get done in a day or is this you know it is this a reasonable amount of hours to work on something right and also your baseline is different so i don't um i don't actually it's hard because you don't trust other people when i'm hypomanic. like i think they just don't know or they just don't get it and so that's that's hard to find a person um that you trust and also um try to have a loose plan or talk about something because I always joke that if like someone tried to fall, I get it all done and I'm an event planner. So you'd think that I was like systematic and did it, which I am, but all like be emailing something that will remind me to do this. Or right. So it all gets done, but it's not like sequential in order. I can't put myself in a box. I've tried to be like that and I'm miserable, but just have a general idea. And what I ask myself, this question is what. You know, what needs to be done today? What would I be disappointed about? And then I tell myself, if I'm hypomanic, take at least three things off that list, because I know, I know that I'm already doing that. So I think, yeah, and, and prioritizing. I think you also talked about being prepared, right? Now that I am medicated, I tell, like, I know, or even I was saying last week, I don't usually work four full days teaching a week and do all the podcast work. And I worked um, with another organization called She Loves Magazine. And so I like to do all the things, right? Even when I'm not hypomanic, right? It was since medicated. But, um, just, I knew I was working four days a week. And so I prepped, like I, you know, okay. I told my husband, I think that I shouldn't make meals this many. Like, can you take over that? I brought frozen. I tried to make things easier out here yeah. so okay. that I could do that thing. Cause we're all in when we oh, do yeah, something.
0: And the other tendency is to have a million ideas, start okay. a million different projects, commit yeah. to 5 million different things. And unfortunately what often happens is in the highs, during the highs, you you take on all these new projects, say yes to all these new things. But then, you know, for me, yeah, there is no schedule. There's no warning sign for when my hypomania is going to go away. And so oftentimes i found myself starting a million projects, losing that creative burst and energy, and then ending up, you know, on top of maybe if I'm already depressed, feeling even worse about things because I've got all these unfinished things. It feeds that you know, that negative thinking that, you know, I start, I'm a starter and not a finisher. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing I really wanted to add in also is um, ask for the people around you to sort of keep you accountable with your um, sleeping and eating and everything. And so once I was working on one of my books and my daughter came out, it was two in the morning and she said, mom, get to bed. I know you're excited, but you know, if you don't get your sleep, you're going to turn into a bit of a monster. So Also, you know, having, whether it's your friends or your family, having that support system around you that can also be looking for those warning signs and gently and (laughs) lovingly uh, steer you towards the bedroom at 3 a.m. if that's what you need. So that also helps too to have.
1: Yeah. And I feel Um, like I just say sleep, like it's obvious, but the more I've been reading about, you know, people are at professionals are actually saying that it, is can also considered under um, a sleep disorder. And so um, some people are, you know, are nervous to take um, medications. But when you're really hypomanic or manic, a lot, in my experience, and, you know, as not a professional, and talking to a lot of people with bipolar, it doesn't matter, you can have the best sleep routine, you can have everything, but your actual physiological uh, insides can't calm down. And so don't be afraid to take medication because honestly I know there's side effects for things and I know it's scary and I know but uh, sleep trumps for me right it does because I take one of the medications that I take it's the side effect is sleep So, But if it wasn't, I would probably have to take a sleeping pill as well because I've tried all the other things and I think that is 100% okay because the fallout and um, the not sleeping and all the anxiety and just what it does to my body to not sleep isn't worth it. And in fact, um, and that's really hard because... I loved the waking up before everybody else. And I love that time. And I, I actually love, I still struggle like the night, middle of the night when no one's up, but um, yeah, it's a, it feels like a huge sacrifice to me because I could sleep until 10 or 11 and I beat myself up and like, what a loser that you sleep all day and, and all of that. But when I don't, I'm not gonna be able to come down from um, the hypomania in any kind of uh, productive way. It'll be a crash and it'll be hard. Yeah. So yes. Um, okay, so does, this is kind of huge. So maybe we'll just do a yes or no. And then one okay. reason why, cause I could talk about this for hundred episodes. All right. Does it get easier to manage bipolar disorder?
0: Do you want to tackle that one first or are you going to throw it to me?
1: I'll tackle it. And it's so funny because I just said give a yes or no, but now I'm now, like, but like, now my answer is it depends. Yeah, it depends. Um, okay, so it depends on your idea of easier. If you are on, you, there is treatment. It is incurable. And I'm actually dealing with the word like it is chronic and you will get episodes again and it won't go away forever and ever. That's just hard and sad. And even I hate that in the pit of my stomach and I'm still grappling with the idea of, you know, that it's a chronic ongoing illness, even though I know like that's hard for me, especially in my stability time. I'm like, Nope, I'm, I'm fine. But I think if you do those steps, it does get easier. And then it gets hard and then it gets easier. Um, But is that a a, a slow moving, easier, easier that I've mastered it or that, you know, I've overcome? Um, That would be a no, but there's so much hope and you can flourish. Julie.
0: Yes. Yes. So my answer would be along the same lines of
1: you. Yes. Sort of,
0: maybe, kind of, it depends. Um, But overall, I would say yes. And it becomes easier in that, number one, you know what you're dealing with. Um, A diagnosis is a name. It's an answer. It's a reason, not an excuse. I always like to throw that in there. But at least you know what you're dealing with. You can dig into it. You can learn about it, connect with other people. And I think, you know, I was diagnosed, let's see, back in 2010. Not the best at math, but um, 12 years in. I definitely feel like at this point, even though there are definitely still highs and lows, they are absolutely more manageable. It is possible, you know, to live, dare I say thrive, um, and also have bipolar disorder. And I don't want to sugarcoat it or glamorize it because I still have my darker times. I definitely have my days when my anxiety, you know, peaks high Um, but I also on the flip side have just as many days where I'm, you know, happy and hopeful and managing my hypomania. And so I think it all comes down to just being more self-aware, having a support system. You know, there are so many pieces of the puzzle, but if I have to pick between a yes or a no, does it get easier? I'm going to say
1: yes, (laughs) Yeah. And that isn't to say that there aren't like I've had, especially during the pandemic, I've had full entire days, weeks um, that I hadn't in a long time of medication thinking, feeling like, like hopeless. I have, I have felt that. And it, it surprised me. Um, but uh, I had to cling to the idea that it wasn't going to like, it doesn't last forever. I can't say how long, because it depends on people. But Another thing to bounce off yours is um, you talked about, yeah, we talk about all the time how there's, it's freaky, scary, you feel terrible, all the things about getting the diagnosis, but also it being free. And okay. re- like I try, I used to think, like don't put me in a box, and I get frustrated with that. And sometimes, um, yeah, still. But I'm trying, what I've tried to do um, in the last five years or so is reframe it. And I think of it as a container. So it's not close. I think of bipolar as a container. And so it's a container that helps me understand, you know, I have, containers have sides, right? And that's my limits. Right, that's the things like knowing what's too much for me, knowing what's not. But it also like you can hold beautiful things in a container, and you can choose when to put a lid or not have a lid on a container. Yeah. And so um, I just find that that's so much more helpful. It's a it's a container, and it makes me feel it, it explains a lot of things, so that I don't just be like I suck. It's like actually I have an illness, so that is this much harder for me yeah. or i want to think i can do everything but that is too risky for the the type of um the way my brain works and so if you can try and think of it as a container that can that can hold you you know it and honestly it can keep you safer right so yeah. if i know you're going to you know it's really struggling with it and we're talking 12 years in yeah yeah and for me i think 12 years
0: in has given me 12 years of going through those lows, but then coming out of them. And so now I can look back over the past, you know, decade and see that, yes, those darker times will end. Those feelings are temporary. So if you're someone that's just, you know, in one of those first initial darker times, and you don't have that life experience to know that things will get better and then they'll get harder and then they'll get better. um, Yeah. I just want to encourage you that. Yes. Um, yeah it's definitely there are ups and downs but I think it really helps at this point to know look back and see you know what I've come through what I've survived and that we are so strong and so resilient you know all of us for what we've come through and that also I think helps to make it a bit because
1: regular life is hard and I think it's okay to admit that it's that much harder it really it really is and I'm you know it Saddens me to have to say that, but if you can um learn about yourself and harness it, you do beautiful, amazing, wonderful things. We wouldn't have half the art and music if you start looking into if you start looking into mood disorders or mental illness. Um, yeah, so I I I cling on to that, but it actually, and I wouldn't have said this to myself in the beginning, but it actually thinking about that word. Um, you know, incurable or chronic is actually helped me because it's removed different expectations of me. And also helped me accept because I'm we're here, you choose how you want to do things with your healing journey or your but Julie and I are pro medication, it changed our lives. And we know it's hard. Um, Yeah, and you do you, but we're not gonna sugarcoat that it, we really have had the I don't think that I would be where I am today without it. And another thing with that, like um, someone asked that I think piggybacks on that is, Uh, can you go into remission or, or my, you know, I'm on medication and I'm a hypomatic again, or, or whatever. It doesn't don't stop your medication. It doesn't mean that it's not working. You're going to have those. It will probably mute it a bit. Yes, of course. If it's extreme, go back and talk to your doctor. But if you can wrap your head around that, it's not curable, then you'll know, like you'll be able to tell and your people will be able to tell if the medication is even helping. Obviously, if it's not helping medical doctor help you wean off and try something else but a lot of times it's so tempting and i have to admit julie lately i have been in in 12 years i haven't had um a huge depression and i i think it's a low grade one but when i finally admitted and got over the it's not that bad i've been in it for a while and i do have thoughts and i'm not going to do it but i uh, right now i i really want a oh man hypomanic episode, and I think that, and I have to fight that thought because I just I don't have a lot of ideas or motivation, and I get in this thing where I feel like I'm wasting my life, and you know, doing I just I'm I'm struggling right now, and so I hear you and I see you when you say you want to get off medication, or um, but I can guarantee you the hypomania is not and mania is not worth it. It is not worth that. Do we wish we could yeah. bottle up the good parts of it? 100%. Yeah. Um, can we harness it? Yes, but uh, you know, don't stop your medication. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it also says, so um, are people with bipolar indecisive? You go.
0: <laughs> wow,
1: okay, I love that one. Um,
0: yes and no. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> This, I've done it to myself. I guess it depends, but I do often use the people around me as a sounding board. But then there are other areas of my life where, whether it comes to clothing or a paint color or a direction I want to take my new home, I am extremely decisive, um, stubborn, strong willed, motivated. Um, but I think mostly when it comes to um, maybe dealing with relationships or people or what should I say, what should I write. I'll go to my husband, can you reread this text or this email and yeah. you know, that's the area where I become less sure about yeah. myself and my reactions and my feelings and that's where I can get into trouble. But um, yeah, when it comes to anything uh, in a store, <laughs> yeah. I know what I want and I, I go after it. So yeah. definitely when it comes to people, relationships, feelings,
1: more indecisive. How about you? Yeah. And you know what? I just kind of realized it seems probably pretty obvious to everybody, but I find I, we can't get, I don't think we're going to be able to give yes and no answers because here's the thing is bipolar to opposites. So to try, I answer and uh, things completely differently. If I am depressed, if I am stable, if I'm manic, if I'm anxious. So uh, that it's, it's impossible because I can say, yeah, I can, when I'm hypomanic, I can do, 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 make decisions. And sometimes I make them quick and fast because I indecisiveness is painful. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. I feel like I'm either almost sometimes too quick to make decisions and impulsive. Uh, and then I can't make a decision to save my life. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. So I remember- just remembered something that I was. Yeah
0: extremely indecisive and to this day I just shake my head but with my memoir when it came to the cover I was so indecisive that I literally had 60 different versions some of them were just a different shade of blue a font a different size shifted over and I literally taped them all over our kitchen and had my husband and kids vote and then I wrapped other books in them and so indecisive Shaley that no one does this, but my yeah. memoir has, I think, eight different versions. So my husband just said, that is so weird. There are no books that have that many versions. You're going to confuse people. And, I think and it's awesome. I was so stubborn that I said no. And honestly, I, I shake my head now because it is, so, <laughs> it is so confusing. But there's a prime example of yeah. extreme over-the-top indecisiveness.
1: Yeah. And I think there's this, um, stereotype and, and it can be a hundred percent true too, is that not finishing product projects or not being able to focus. And yeah, I feel like I live in kind of two spaces, but then remember everybody, we talk about the extremes, but there are stability, there is stability or there is like average. I have average every boring days all the time. So what happens is that people think that you can't be focused or you can't do this. No, it, when you're into a project, it is laser focused, like oh, yeah. do the detail. And that's why when I do big events, it takes over everything because there's a perfection yep. part of it. Right. And so uh, I can totally see see that like I'm like oh yeah that makes total sense to me and even and I think that's um, you know us working together and it gave a lot of freedom if I was working with someone that was just like oh my goodness, just pick something already. Whereas we went back and forth about images about like colors. Yeah. And neither of us judged each other by like this much, you know what I mean? Like, oh, if I move this plant this much, like we were, we, we got each other, but someone that isn't like that, like someone that's like, you know, different might be like, oh my goodness, what does that matter, but in our ideas and brains and something that's going to represent us, like it would bug me forever and ever and ever. So if you're someone that's trying to see, am I normal because it's indecisive, then we're saying yes. And then if you're thinking, am I not my blower? Because I'm very decisive. We're saying technically you might still be. Yeah. (laughs) Question and response. No answer. (laughs) we also I feel like sometimes we educate through listening how we answer things explains yeah. a lot of bipolar <laughs> okay um here we go uh da, 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 da. do you take meds yes we both do yeah. and i know one of the most healing things for me and let me know if you if you experience this too was when I finally let go and stop thinking when am I going to get off these meds or yeah. will I have to take this forever yeah. I had to focus on is this working right now to help my illness and if I'm living a way better life or more fulfilled life or more balanced yeah. life then you know some of the the side effects and um thinking about an end point didn't help me yeah. that I got stuck and so yeah. I'm do i sometimes wish i didn't do i have shame about things sometimes obviously sometimes but i'm committed to remembering that you know basically even though 12 years in i think well maybe i don't need them um yeah i I feel like they saved my life and so if i have to go on it till the very very end i've found the ones that work for me and i'm sticking to it and i feel the same and i i will admit at the
0: very beginning I was very hesitant. I didn't like the idea of needing medication to function properly. I was so worried it would take away my creativity. It would change my personality. Um, and then once I realized it's a biological condition, my brain needed some extra help, connecting some wiring in there. And you know, once I actually wrapped my brain around the fact that um, you know it's no different than wearing prescription glasses or taking medication for high blood pressure, that really helped me and i i too struggled with the idea of am i going to be on this for the rest of my life and side effects and i think to just look at the bigger picture quality of life and you know as a mom as a wife every now and then i have the same thought could i maybe slowly wean off am i just more mature and self-aware that i don't need this and my husband will be the first one to go no 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 stay on it we notice a huge difference yeah (laughs) so Same with you. I mean, stick the course. It doesn't mean I might always be on it, but once I got over that initial, and I think back, back 10, 12 years ago, there was so much more stigma about, um, you know, bipolar disorder, medication. And so, yeah, it really does help. There's more awareness out there. And then just to know that it's, it's a medical condition. It's a biological condition. Um, that just helps me to just take my pill and, also, I just want to add in, we do get a lot of message, mm. messages from people asking for specific medications. And I think because it's a different fit for everyone, I wish so much there was one dose of one pill that worked for everyone, but there's not. And everybody's journey and symptoms are so different that um, at least for now, we've chosen not to give any more specifics on the actual medications. We don't want anyone to think, hey, well, you know, I want the same pill as her because I, I seem to like it seems to be working for her quite well. That's not really how it works. So we would just always, always encourage you to talk to your healthcare professional, your doctor, it might need tweaking,
1: sometimes it's mm-hmm. multiple medications. And so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, I think the most I've talked about it in the past was I talked about how, um, just because it it was the thing that got me to go um, to emergency to uh, get the help I needed. Yeah. Um, was I do talk about that um, be, to be careful with antidepressants because yeah. they triggered that, and then I do say that I'm on a mood stabilizer. But if you want specifics, yeah. we just uh, yeah, we were just our anxiety doesn't <laughs> let us do that, so we're not because we're ashamed of what we take or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent. So okay. So this is really, really broad. So we're going to try our best. But um, what are some of the hardest symptoms when you are manic or when you are depressed? So maybe um, I'm going to try and think about it is the ones that um, I struggle with the most. And even though I have tools, the one that I don't think that I think that I'll probably struggle with for a long time. I'd love to hear how, um, how it affects your daily life when you're on maybe stable or on more of a low. Um, what are the things that, um, yeah, that's, that it stops you from doing or being?
0: Yeah, so when I'm either, my baseline is sort of here or in a darker um, place, my anxiety just really kicks up. Um, during hypomania, it's pretty much non-existent confidence. Like you would never even believe I'm on top of the world. I don't doubt my ability to do anything. And yes, it does hinge a little bit on narcissistic, um, feelings, but when I'm not in that state or in a darker, more depressed state, um, that is when my anxiety is at its height. I find it just a struggle taking my daughter to school. It's a little bit harder. Getting on the freeway down here is just a little more tricky. I second guess, even when I'm switching lanes, everything is just heightened, but to the opposite direction where, you know, I will doubt my ability, even though I've been driving for over 30 years, you know, I'll suddenly be driving going, oh my goodness. And so, you know, anxiety over that. And then, yeah, it'll creep into my relationships. Um, You know, second guess things, catastrophic thinking. It'll basically creep, creep into all the areas of my life, but I mean, hypomania for me though, if I'm flipping back to that, um, because oftentimes it can be mixed for me. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, for the most part, I mean, I feel, I feel amazing. I wish I could bottle it up. I end up putting myself out there, you know, I'm not second guessing texts. I'm just excited, 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 excited. So Mm -hmm. Those are
1: the yeah. two flip sides for me, yeah. but- And the, um, when are you, I'm curious, when do you have the aggression and that anger and frustration? Is that more hypomanic? Um. That more, Yeah, there's a little both. bit of that in both. For the hypomania,
0: it will be something else getting in the way of my productivity. So my kids, you know, when I've been working on my books, you know, if they interrupt me and I'm on a roll, writing a chapter in three minutes, and they, you know, are asking me for dinner, I can easily or could easily lash out at them. And it's just that, how could you bother me? I'm on a roll. Don't you see? Like, ah, get out of here. I mean, terrible to admit as a mom. But that is where the anger and frustration, frustration will rear its head in a hypomanic phase. And then the depression is just I think it's this frustration with myself, you know, why Mm, am I, why can't I get out of bed? Why can't I kick it in gear? Why is the laundry 800 feet high? And then it's just that self-loathing, you know, I'm worthless. I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad wife. I can only throw a hot dog in the microwave. That's the best I can do. And, you know, I easily will go down that self comparison road because when you're in that darker time, of course, all you seem to notice is everyone else around you doing things with ease, not struggling. So
1: yes, that's that flip side. Missing out. And, and you know what, that's where we have found and created. And I make sure that I curate um, all my social media so that it's people that, so it doesn't feel bad about myself and it's not even the people's fault, but um, just thinking like not good enough or failure or one of mine is you know my life is passing me by and am I gonna (laughs) I get in this big thing am I gonna leave a legacy or am I gonna regret or am I gonna do you know what I mean and I just yeah Yeah. yeah. and it's interesting because that's hard to say like right now because nor like see I say normally it's not normal in the past when i've been uh, usually get up right about now and the sun helps which is not sunny in vancouver when it's supposed to be um but uh i yeah i just i spend a lot of time it feels like doing nothing and i'm just like am i gonna regret this am i gonna do you know what i mean and i see people on trips and this and that and i'm like And I have a daughter who just finished grade 11 last week. So I now have a graduate and did we do enough and, you know, all of that. And it's so, it, it affects my, my, um, my daily life because yeah, I'm not, I, I really struggle to be in the moment, right. In the present moment, I'm either always thinking about the future or the past. And I get um, with the hypomania, one of the things that affects my life the most is the anger and the control. So because, and it's heightened and I think I know all the answers. So I'm always looking for danger or my big, one of my big things is not having what I need when I need it. So I pride myself like as a teacher and an event planner to think about all the things that go wrong. And I used to kind of brag about it. Like um, if I think of all the things that could go wrong, I can go backwards. Or I used to tell myself I prepare in case it happens. But the more therapy I do, I realize I'm like just double experiencing it. Or double traumatic traumatizing myself because I'm bringing, I'm feeling all the feelings as if it did happen. And then if it does happen, I'm doing it again. So it's that's a a hard balance for me. But yeah, controlling because I can't, I, it decisions feel very, very catastrophic. Like a small decision might feel like it might ruin our lives, right? or like I've talked about in other episodes, maybe the panic one about how I could go to zero about buying toothpaste till I'm gonna lose my house, right? Like they feel that intense, right? And so that really affects my daily life. And then I check with people, but then I don't fully trust them. So you can imagine with my husband and my children that it is very, very hard for them when I ask, like, should we do this? And I'm like, no. And then I'm like, then they think, and then I'm like, you decide, I can't decide, you decide. And then they decide and I'm like, no, or, yeah. or I go back and forth and back and forth, or I'm trying to do the very best thing that sometimes I ruin the thing. Like for a prime example is like, if we're going on a hike, I wanna do the best one, the one that's not gonna make this person grumpy if it's too long, this one, you know, this one, you can't bring the dog. I'm trying to pick the best one. I spend like two hours and by then I don't even wanna go. They don't wanna go. And <laughs> I ruined it by just trying, Right and it's interesting because i'm either totally impulsive or i can't i i'm frozen with the just trying so i think those would be mine if we even answered the question i don't know we'll see let us know if we actually responded to any of the questions <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um okay what is um one of your wildest ideas when hypomanic or it could be maybe cuz we're hypomanic the ideas aren't always out of reach right they aren't yeah um so maybe things we've bought in or and we did if you look back on our instagram i should ask that again and we had to make a little light of it but some things that that people have started or thought that was a good idea or that um maybe speak to 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 some of those and then maybe some that you you finished Um, because sometimes people believe that we can't finish big creative things that we get when we're hypomanic, and we can if harnessed right so all of that do you understand the question because I. okay and there are so many
0: wild ideas slash business starts slash so everything from a motion picture movie yeah (laughs) to a t-shirt company yeah um You name it. I mean, you name it. I've thought of it. I even in my earlier days had this whole prototype for, I called it the car seat curtain. Of course, now they have a product like it, but I had my mom sew a prototype. I did all the marketing. So, wow. Yeah, I know. So I've had um, just so many ideas. And in my hypomanic episodes, there is no question in my mind that I can do it. I will do it. I will be successful. I'll be, you know new york times bestseller i mean the world is my oyster the problem is when that hypomania fades away um all that confidence goes but i will say i'm gonna have to say that my wildest most creative idea aside from wanting to buy a giant penguin yesterday (laughs) and (laughs) or a flamingo And I said to my husband, I called him and I said, there's a giant $40 flamingo. Do you think you could cut like 50 to 75 mini ones and we could start a business that goes around on birthdays and puts them in people's lawns? But it only took me five minutes to think, I don't wanna spend the rest of my life doing that. But my biggest, wildest idea was my memoir and my book. It was terrifying. I am not a reader. I've never considered myself a writer. And I didn't even know if I would end up actually publishing, but I just went for it. I started writing. It took me years, um, lots of tears, I lost my entire manuscript at one point, and then I would go in and out of those phases. So, yes, New York Times bestselling author to piece of gum on the bottom of your shoe, everything in between. But um, I think that was my wildest idea and it's the accomplishment that I am really proud of. And I'm also proud of this podcast. I think this podcast, in the middle of a pandemic, um, for us to be so explosively passionate and just, I mean, it's just grown and grown. I think at the very beginning, it was just going to be one or two, you know, (laughs) videos, let's collaborate and just, yes wild and crazy and it's come to fruition. So those are just a few examples of my (laughs) wildest creative projects. But Shayla, you have mentioned that you do all the things. So I'm
1: sure you may very well have yeah. And it's interesting, like you said, all those different things, because when you're hypomanic, you don't think like, maybe possibly I'm not neurotypical. So I don't know what maybe the average person might think I don't have the skill set for that, or I didn't go to school for that. And I'm like, that doesn't matter. Like I'm, and I, I don't do it full time, but I didn't go to school for event planning or decor or anything. And I've actually done it professionally. I've planned there was a 600 women came to an event with, you know, uh, something like, I think I had 56 models and, you know, and this is for, it was actually for um, a charity. Cause I carry mine is a lot about justice issues too. So I combined my whole love of like fashion and everything and then purpose. So it was for raising money for human trafficking organizations, but it was huge. But not only that, like these things take years and a team and there was, I mean, there was a team of volunteers from the church, yes, but our core team was like four of us, and we did it in two months, right, so it was super successful, we raised like nine thousand dollars, gave it to, Ah. no, ten, I don't know, lots of thousands of dollars, gave it, it was just a small thing that grew, Um, but I do have to say, like, a lot of family suffering for that. A lot of, you know, yeah, the yeah. crash was about, uh, I struggled for like a month after. Um, also yeah. uh, some of the other things. Yeah. Like I dream up those mine though. I can't like, if people are like, why, you know, why don't you do weddings or this or that if it was a friend or if a, you know, that kind of thing, I can do it. I have all the skills. I feel like I could pull it off. I've done, Awesome. But one, I never want to do the same thing over because I get bored. Yep. I and, yeah, and the second thing is I have to be passionate about it. So mine are usually for nonprofits, um, yep. for fundraisers or for yeah, just have deep, deep meaning to it. Cause sometimes when I'm in a slump, people are like, oh, you can plan my 30th birthday. And if I love, like I can, yep. but it's not gonna get me out of my slump because it's not my passion. I'll have fun but it's, it's not that. And so, and I always make them bigger than they have to be right. Even my kids' school carnival, I think I did three of them every second year and like they were a big deal. <laughs> I had, and So yeah, down to me making a giant Thing at like at the decor too, not just all the event, like a giant popcorn with the balloons and all the pinterest stuff yep. um, yeah so some of those wildest uh, yeah wildest ideas and wild ones do work out and then they don't and i think the hard part with hypomania is knowing when to let it go right yeah. that's the hardest part and you won't be able to tell us probably unless you're <laughs> close to us <laughs> so yeah um uh, this is kind of a, a more serious, serious one. And it asks, um, you know, do you have suicidal thoughts or ideation? And um, did you want to speak to that? I know I have some things that I want to say. What are you? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and start? Okay, and then. Yeah, yeah, I have thoughts, but I would love to hear you, you first. Yeah, yeah. So if this is um, upsetting or triggering, we're always going to remind you to take care of yourself first. Um, So about two years ago, I would have said, nope, never, ever, ever, ever. But the more I've been reading about it, we are only shown um, on TV or kind of it's been well known that it's suicidal thoughts is someone that is, you know, has a plan, has an attempt, you know, those kind of things. But the more I'm realizing is that many of us have what's called suicidal ideation, and we don't actually want to die or go through with it we just want the pain and the mental anguish to stop and I thought of how many times especially through the depressive periods that were so low that luckily I knew that I'd get manic but I often wondered if I had depression forever and ever so if you're one of those people uh, I feel for you there is hope um, I'm just telling my experience but I used to be like I just want to sleep until this is over I just want to so that isn't wanting to end my life and die but I didn't want to participate anymore and so I've known now that that is suicidal ideation and that we need to talk about it I you know it took me a really long time to accept it and or talk about it because I didn't I don't want people to worry now. I don't want people to be like, are, you know, are, are you okay? Do you have a plan? But honestly, asking people if they have a plan or thought about it, isn't going to make them die of suicide, right? It isn't, it's actually going to open up conversation. It's, it's this idea that, you know, that we, we have these taboo things that we don't want to talk about because we're afraid, but we, it's more and more and more talk, talking about it is proven that it saves lives. So um, I thank the person that did ask that. And um, I would say ideation, yeah. And thoughts of just wanting to, mine are like temporarily, but I, I, yeah, when I I do wanna disappear sometimes for sure.
0: How about you? Yeah, and I have definitely had those darker periods. And just like you, it wasn't that I wanted to die. And I didn't have a plan, but I think so many days were just so incredibly exhausting Mm -hmm. from the minute I got up till the minute I went to sleep, everything, everything was just such a struggle. But I think just that exhaustion of, is this going to get any easier? And this was before I was diagnosed, before I chose to take medication. Not that that's a cure-all and that I still don't have those darker times, but darkest of my times was before that where i just you know i just couldn't see beyond any of that but thank goodness you know those feelings did pass and it's sometimes i i have i've made a list of all the things i'm grateful you know my kids mexican food from the big to the small things just all the things that remind me that you know life is absolutely worth being here for and that you know sometimes we think we're insignificant and if we weren't here no one would notice no one would miss us and yeah. that couldn't be further um from the truth and one of the most powerful quotes that i once heard during a sermon was never do um in the dark what can't be undone when the light returns because it always returns. Mm. and i just thought that was just so beautiful but yes and it's hard to talk about um but shaley and i always say we don't want to you know Hide the hardest, darkest parts of this because we just want to get on here and be real and authentic. And I will piggyback 1000%. If you are worried about someone, do not be afraid of the conversation or asking yes. a direct question because yes,
1: yes, it yes. will
0: give them space to share their feelings, to know that you're there for them. Um,
1: yeah, so you know, absolutely. And if it's gone a step past ideation, please, 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 please please don't suffer alone, tell somebody, anybody, and if that person doesn't give you the response or take you seriously just please, please don't give up and hold on there, you, you will get through it and there's nothing that, you know, you could do that there isn't some kind of redemption for and so Yes, there's lines, there's, there's just so, 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 so many things. One thing I, I do want to say is that, um, sometimes we get messages that just, that are very scary that say something like that or help me. And, um, like I will respond, but I will respond like just to, to get help, just, um, to take care of my own mental health and, and Julie's mental health, um. Yeah, we can talk about suicide ideation and write us and open the conversation, but also remember that we have um, disorders, so it can be activating for us too. So talking about it in our DMs, yes, but we really struggle with the messages that are just like, like help me, like those, those really freak us out. So if you,
0: and and I, and I think it's also important to understand that, yeah, we are counselors. We're not medical professionals. Um, You know, we're just sharing our lived experiences. So, you know, sometimes there are messages where we, we just sometimes don't know what to say, or we
1: wouldn't want to steer, steer you in the wrong direction. So always, always reach out. And I know lots of people are afraid because, you know, they're afraid of what might happen next, but I don't know if what might happen next, anything that could be more horrible than not being here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, So I think we've come to the end of our questions. If we didn't get to yours, ask in the, in the comments um, and, or send us messages. Um, Like I said, I get to them. It just might take a while. Uh, I guess, why don't we end on... um, saying something that we would have wanted to hear if in one of our dark times, because I would want to leave it not in a bow wrapping, but I wanted to end um, with some hope. So um, realism and hope. That's what that's what we do here. So Julie, what would you say to someone that was struggling listening right now?
0: Oh, wow. Well, number one, I know both of our hearts are with you. I know it's not easy. I know it might be scary and this sounds cliche, but I, I just in my darkest moments, I would have wanted to hear the words, it's going to be okay. It's gonna be bumpy, but there are people that care about you. There are things that are gonna help you. Um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes when you don't have that hope, there are others that are willing to come around and have that hope for you. And just know that having bipolar disorder is just a part of you. And I think when I was first diagnosed, it just clouded over everything. And i that's all I could focus on. I thought that was my new identity. I would never be able to move past it and see myself through any other lens. And that just hasn't been the case. You're not alone, we're with you, we got this.
1: Yeah. Also that, you know, you're seen and you matter and don't diminish yourself. Your pain matters and the things that, you know, you feel deeply matter too. And I think that we are, we talk about, um, Ah, I think it's Glennon Doyle talks about it as canaries like we're canaries and they used to send canaries into mines to see with the danger and if they came out then the miners knew it was safe to go in and I think sometimes because we care so deeply we're people that point to injustices and we're when harnessed and when stable and not you know delusional or impulsive we can help others see hard things in the world and or look at them, look at themselves. Um, and just to be a better person, Julie and I were talking and everyone has mental health as some of us have mental illness. But I know one of the most encouraging things um, a therapist said to me is that I they, she said, you actually have good mental health. You have mental illness, but you have good mental health because you take care of yourself. You know, um, you go inside, you try to better yourself, you find strategies, whereas some people out there, they might be neurotypical, but might not be taking care of themselves. So we don't, that helped me look at myself in in such a, a different way. And so I just think you are a beautiful canary. And you, the biggest thing is you're not alone. You will be shocked at how many Me to yes. are there and how many of us there are out there and we are strong and resilient. And like Julie said, we don't know when things are going to get better. They will. And then they yeah. won't. And then we they will. But um, yeah, the there is light and there is there is little things and we're here for you. Message us um, anytime. And if you don't feel like you have someone in your life right now that loves you the way you need to be loved, you will find them. You will, um, you will find a friend, or even if right now it just has to be your therapist, find someone that um, listens and loves you. So, thank you for being here f- with us. We hope that we answered some questions, um, and we love that you show up and listen to our rambles because this is bipolar. This
0: is bipolar
1: thank you so much for joining us today on
0: this episode you can find previous as well as future episodes on youtube for the video version you can find the podcast on apple spotify google play and podbean and we spend most of our time where you can join our community and interact on
1: instagram at this.is.bipolar it is so helpful if you enjoy our work or think it would be helpful to someone if you could like and share and save and follow us in all or any of those spaces. Another thing that's really, really helpful, if you're a listener for the podcast, if you could leave a review, we would be forever grateful. Again, thank you for being here with us. Let's get the word out. Let's share lived experiences so that we can change the ideas that people have about bipolar and help those of us that live with it feel less alone. See you next time.